Welcome to the Evolved Artist Podcast. This show has been birthed from a decade of helping bands make better music videos. From challenging the way that music videos are done to delivering results for our artists, we want this show to be a place to get inspired, think differently, and give artists confidence in tackling creative services, marketing, and becoming more sustainable. While the show covers tons of inspiring ideas, the key thing we want for you is to take action towards better marketing. Welcome to the Evolving Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Emmerich, and I'm going to be here today to teach you about band stuff. <laughs> I think that uh, could remain as the uh, intro for this show. I mean, we're, we're 10 episodes in at this point, so I guess you wanted to take over hosting duties. So I guess that's it. Uh, everybody, welcome to the show. As you just heard that wonderful intro uh, via Josh, unless he cuts this out later, then I'm just going to be pointing to nothing. Uh, I'm pretending that he'd made an intro, but uh, I'm assuming we'll that he'll that. leave it in. And uh, that was the intro to uh, this episode of the Evolving Artist Podcast. Uh, or wait, well, I guess you technically already said the name, so I didn't have to do that. Uh, hey, Josh, remember back in 2017, we released a really cool demo reel? I sure do. Remember that? Okay. Um, and, you know, we had filled this uh, demo reel with all the coolest music video stuff that we had shot for years. And we put all this emphasis and all this energy and all this focus on the visual aspect. And that was the thing. And that was the big selling point. Did we learn any lessons from doing that? Oh, yeah. You know, I learned a very valuable lesson. It's that uh, our, demo reel, our demo reel sucks. And that is the uh, subject of this episode so what the heck do we mean? Why, why would we sit and say that our demo reel sucks and or used to suck or whatever it may be? What, what was the suck that we realized was there exactly? Was it, was it visually bad? Is that what you're telling me? I don't think it was visually bad. Mm, you know, okay. I, I think th- this is a fun subject. You know, this is kind of a bonus episode. And I, I think uh, for me, why I want to talk about this is because I, I think so often we make our decisions kind of on the wrong reasons. And in running our business, when we started out, you know, we were just full of passion and excitement for, for making artists better. You know, that was really at the core of it is like, how do we make artists better? How do we serve them better? How do we give them all this different content to stand out better? Because we've been so focused on local musicians, even though I hate that terminology, artist or artist. But over the years, you know, a lot of our drive was like, oh, how do we make our reel better? As any videographer, video production company, like you think that your reel matters in a lot of ways. And I do think that your reel can, you know, be of value to you, but it needs to be in conjunction with other things. And we put so much weight in that. I know for myself, you know, in 2011, that's when you and I kind of met. We started working on things together and, and smaller capacities and it grew over time of like, okay, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's try this. Let's try that. And over the years, you know, the, the thing was, is like, how do we make the real better? How do we get the right clients in there? How do we make the lighting or the visuals cooler? And, and it was 2018, we dropped a reel that I truly felt like we arrived at. You know, for me, it felt like seven years of working so hard, making the right content, doing the coolest things that we could do. And we had radio silence for six months after that. We nearly gave up at that point in time. And that lesson really hurt. But it took a while until that lesson really sunk in for like, it's not about our reel. That's not why people are hiring us. It might be what attracts people. They might see and be like, wow, that's really awesome. 
But most of the thing that we learned through that process was it's not the thing that people hired us for. It's not the the thing that we should have been putting all of our weight into all those years. You know, there, there are so many other things that are valuable about us beyond a demo reel. And when I think about a demo reel, a demo reel doesn't really show anything other than your technical capabilities. It doesn't showcase your human capabilities. And that's what that was missing. That was the lesson we really learned. So yeah, let's stay, uh, let's stay in this time machine here back in 2017, 18, whatever it was. Um, let, let's talk, talk about that lesson a little bit. What was uncovered there? Because it wasn't just like, all right, we put out the flashiest stuff. It's all the coolest visuals, all the coolest sections from the coolest videos. Let's dig into what that was. Because I mean, I, I think it, at least at that point in time, it uh, definitely put a kind of an emphasis on um, I don't, the, the, the light was shed on, oh, maybe it's not that good. Maybe the demo reel just isn't good. Maybe our work isn't good. Oh my gosh, we should just stop doing this altogether. There's just no point. But again, like you said, that wasn't the lesson to be learned. It wasn't just, oh, no one cared about the demo reel. It was that the care was elsewhere, but we weren't shedding the light on that. So let's stay back there in that mindset a little bit. What was it that we kind of uncovered in that? What was the lesson that came from that demo reel, quote unquote, sucking? Well, I... You know, as we were putting the reel together and I was sending you over like version one, version two, version three, and you know, you were getting excited about it. I was getting excited about it. We actually put a plan together for releasing the thing. So we teased it out. We, we, you know, started to like really revamp the brand, put emphasis into our website and things like that. And both of us were like really excited about it. We were very proud. We were feeling a huge sense of pride in the, in the fact of like, this is all these years of work. This is all the artists that we've made amazing things for. And, you know, for me, it felt like the first time that I had a piece of content that really was at the same level of all the people that we had looked up to in the same space for a long time. So for me, you know, making the things and planning the things, there was a huge sense of pride for both of us. And we were both really excited to release it. And I think when we released it and we had no work, we have been, we've had work for so long, so easily, you know, for such a, an amount of time. And when we released that, we thought, wow, this is really going to be, we're going to be blowing up. We're going to be getting the budgets that we deserve. We're going to be working with the artists that we want to work with. We're going to have the respect that we deserve. Those are the outcomes that we were hoping for. And when radio silence happened and no one was hitting us up, it really hurt. It hurt. You know, like it was pretty upsetting at the time. I was pretty depressed about it. And there was that self-doubt of like, maybe it's not very good. Maybe there's something about this that I'm not seeing. Maybe, maybe we did something wrong here. And I think the thing that really started to change for us was back in 2015. And I think we lost our way. You know, when we started out, we were really focused on how do we make artists better, you know? And, and like, I can even think back to like the innovation in the early days, like when we were trying to make better music videos, a lot of the biggest hurdle was how do we get bands to have a meeting with us and to talk about their ideas and to share their ideas so that we can make better work for them. We were really looking at, oh, with this project, it turned out so well. Why did it turn out so well? You know, we'd have all these, you know, conversations to and from productions about like what was going well, what we could do better. And we were innovating all the time. All of that was focused on our artist's experience throughout that, throughout that time. It's like, how do we do this better? And how does it make us better in the process? Around 2015, you know, I started to become more of a gear nerd. I started really focusing on our lighting, really focusing on our cameras, really focusing on our tools and a lot on our team. So I almost went too heavy internal and I was really focused on how do we make our company better and the process better and all this. But I wasn't asking how it made our artists better. We were just making 
truthfully, really, really beautiful music videos. And I, I think our work does show amazingly beautiful music videos. But I don't know that we are listening to our artists the way that they need to be heard. I don't think we were really making the experience about them. And in that six months of no work that we had, that was the soul searching. Those were the things I started asking myself. Is like, why did it work you know, early on and what's not working now? And we really arrived on, it's not about creative greatness. It's not about how amazing we are at lighting our camera. It's about how good we are at listening to our artists, about translating their ideas into art, about giving them confidence, about making the experience fun, enjoyable, and safe. And that was kind of like in that six month period, it's like, that's what I realized. And when we kind of had to come back and rebuild who we were because we launched this demo reel that was nearly the death of us, the rebuild was having to like put my tail between my legs and be like, hey, you know, I've worked with you in the past. I'd like to work with you again. What would that take? And a lot of the conversations that we kind of heard was like, oh, you'd still like to work with us? Like, we just assumed you moved on. You're only working with big artists and things like this. So it's like, for so long, we had artists say, oh, if you worked with X band or some bigger band, we'd pay you more money. But, you know, you haven't worked with anyone special, so you guys really aren't that good at what you do. If you had a better portfolio of other artists, we'd maybe pay you a little bit more. So it did hurt for a long time, and we did hear some negative things. I don't think it was, like, out of a negative headspace, but I do think it was just perception of, like, okay, if you were working with bigger bands, and we'd see it. It was just really shifting our value around like, we care about you as artists. We care about your music succeeding. We care about your video succeeding. We care about this experience being as simple and as easy as possible. And after that point, everything doubled down for us on like, we're going to make sure that your experience is awesome. We're going to make sure you're heard in this process. We're going to really transform your ideas into something super practical. And it made us really go into what does success look like for our artist? That's the lens at which we started communicating. And that's when things started to actually change for us. And in that rebuild period, it was like, honestly, it ended up being kind of exciting in the sense that like, we have a whole new model to work under. I have so much more clarity on our value and how we serve artists so much better. And now we're able to look at everything through that lens instead of through the lens of how do we get the coolest gear, the coolest lighting, the coolest locations, the coolest actors, and all those things. They're, they matter. They're secondary. And honestly, I'd say when we start shifting to that, that experience mindset, it's actually opened up more doors for us to do more creative things together. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, at least from my perspective in this is a lot about identity. And I think, um, when any creative is doing anything of any sort, especially when it's, you know, using this example of this episode is about of the story of building a demo reel, having so much emphasis and energy be put into this visual creation that we and our team had made all these years and all this sort of stuff all our value was placed in this visual piece that went out. And then, like you said, it made people say, oh, well, you must be too expensive for me. I can't afford you anymore. I guess, you know, never mind. You look way, way larger. You look unattainable now, right? It was, it was, which is a great thing to look so good that you look unattainable, but then you're sitting and you're like, no, someone please reach out. Like this isn't, you know, so I think the bigger point for me was um, a lesson in identity and not wrapping up your entire creative identity in the creative itself. And that's hard to separate because everything that anybody creates is always an extension of themselves. It's always a thought that I had, an idea that I had, a creation that I wanted to make, and I'm putting a piece of that, a piece of myself, essentially, out into the world, and it didn't really get recepted in the way that I hoped it would. So that directly hurts our heart and our soul um, and then, you know, of course, makes our mind think crazy things that like, okay, was it not good? Why didn't they like it? 
Why is no one contacting me for more? And then you're just going to beat yourself up over it. But so for me, I feel like that was the biggest lesson in is the identity piece is that we don't have to attach our heart and our soul to the creations that we make. It's more about who we are and the experiences that we make and the people we have around us and how we interact with them, which is everything that you just said of figuring out that, okay, maybe we're not a music video business. We're not music video makers. We're not, you know, whatever. Uh, We're more so a relationship based business. And I think that, that at the end, that's what a lot of creators and businesses are is you are more experience based and your relationship based. And how do you make people feel with the things that you create being the kind of like adjacent part of the story that you're telling or that, that, that shared experience you're trying to make. So it is, you know, less about like, Oh, there was this visual masterpiece and that is where the value laid at, you know, that's where the value lies. That was the big piece that said, Oh, I matter. Oh, we as a team matter or our company matter. When realistically that's sort of just like the, 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 sprinkles on top of the icing on top of the cake. The cake is the thing that actually matters. And I think that even though, like you said, we knew that for a handful of years and worked off of that, I think we were kind of almost subconsciously working in that way because it was more so just we want to build relationships. We want to make um, the experience of making stuff with us fun. But then you had a little bit of that, like a little bit of maybe the ego popping up of like, all right, cool, we're going to make this demo real. This is going to be the thing that pops everything off. And of course, it's not going to work when that's not actually the thing that you're working from anyway. And we weren't weren't working to be um, some big, awesome hype internet creatives that are like, we got the coolest demo reel around and that's why it matters. It's like, hey, that's awesome. But really the thing that's going to eventually what we would learn is get you back on your feet is the experience you're providing people, the relationships that you actually have. The visual piece is the additive on top. And of course, that's the end product that we're making. So it's not like it doesn't matter. It's not like, oh, the demo reel didn't really matter anyway. It did. I just think that in a way, we put too much value into it. It wasn't that it should have been crappier or we shouldn't have shot as cool stuff or the demo reel should have been bad, you know, whatever. It's just the, for me at least, that's the biggest lesson that I would want somebody to take away from this, you know, random story in general is, is, you know, the value isn't in the art. It's, it's why you made it, why you're going to continue to make it, how you made it, who you made it alongside, whatever. It's a piece of the story. It's not the end. And I think we kind of looked at it at that point in time. Um, as kind of like the big climax to everything. This is it. This is going to be the next big chapter. And I think it opened up that next big chapter. Like you said, it just opened that door in a far different way than what we thought it was going to. Yeah. And that chapter was the cocoon for us, you know, like to, to peel back, you know, the, you know, the curtains a little bit. It's like, we did have to go through a lot of soul searching. It's not like we just sat here and we figured this all out and we had all the answers on our own. You know, we vented and we, we were frustrated and we were disappointed And there was all this introspection that we had to go through. And a lot of that was, you know, like, okay, let's, let's get into some different podcasts. Let's listen to some other stories, you know, which for me introduced, you know, the, the author, Simon Sinek, the start with why book. We're talking about why all the time that book really had me go back to our roots because he makes this argument on like businesses or people really focus on their what and their how. And that's what we were guilty of for a long time. We we, we, when we started out, we didn't have the portfolio or anything. The only thing we had was ourselves and the way that we cared about other people. So when I read that book, it started really looking, I started looking back to the past of like, what, where are our roots and how did we get off track? And the thing, you know, the why for me is like, 
serving artists this great experience, making them see themselves as greater in the process. And when I think about, you know, like in my creative career, it has never been about flexing how great we are at something. It's been about like, I'm just a normal person you know, putting in as much effort as I can to make this business or to make a creative journey and to bring people along on that journey with me, whether that's our clients or whether that's our crew. And that's kind of the center that I came back to where I'm like, we're in this cocoon, we're redeveloping and we're becoming something actually more beautiful in the process. It took a really dark storm, a really terrible situation for us to have to go through this regrowth, this reinvention of ourselves but on the outside of that and everything since then, you know, whether it's dealing with COVID, whether it's dealing with being robbed of thousands of dollars of equipment, that cocoon, who we became in there has been the root of everything we've done since. And we've evolved since then. We've evolved so many of our partners since then. And anybody who knew us before 2017 doesn't know the JCP of today, the Josh and Ross of today, the capabilities that we have today, the mindset, the core values, the vision, the mission that we have with this business and what we're doing through music videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we, we shared a lot of you know different kind of lessons of, you know, learning to in the right way detach yourself from your art especially when it leans into the business side of things and how to build relationships and all this you know sort of stuff and kind of refocus and recenter yourself on like why are you doing this in the first place and that was a lesson that we learned via this demo reel feeling like it sucked so if somebody's listening to this maybe they're maybe they're an artist just tagging along for the story or maybe they are a creative themselves that are kind of maybe stuck in this same you know weird gray area as we begin to wrap up, what are final things you'd want somebody to walk away from this episode with? Because this is a unique episode. It's a bit more of a story episode, kind of a retrospective, you know, jump in the time machine, go back and talk about some lessons that we learned um, from a weird experience. But what's the biggest takeaway um, to close this one down that you want somebody to walk away with this? I think, you know, when you're looking for people in this space, or if you're coming into this space, or if you're making your own project, I think a really powerful question is who are you and why are you doing what you're doing? Your identity, like you said, I think is the core piece of all of this. When you can wrap your identity up into this, whether you're making a piece of content, a website, putting on a piece of art, it feels authentic. It starts to feel consistent. It starts to feel easier. And as soon as we start to embrace, we're a relationship company. We're a company that's focused on experience. We're a company that's focused on, you know, making our artists and our clients better in the process. That has stemmed into everything we've done. It's made every decision that much easier. And now when we make an effort like a demo reel, that's not making up a huge percentage of the effort that it was. You know, we worked that whole year to get to that demo reel. We'd share some BTS content. We'd share some, some projects and things like that. And we put all this weight into this one piece of content that performed really poorly. And our identity felt like it was questioned in that. And we felt inconsistent. And we felt like we weren't valuable anymore. So if you're putting all your weight into one thing, one big shiny thing, what's that going to do if it doesn't get validated? Because it nearly destroyed us in that process. These days, if we're marketing ourselves or if we're working with clients, all of our eggs aren't in one basket. We have so many things out there that are like, we're just adding value to this specific audience, to this specific audience, to this specific audience. We've diversified not only JCP, but all of our different businesses, all of our efforts. And myself as a creative, yourself as a creative, we can walk away feeling confident in every piece of content we make, knowing that we're adding value, just like with musicians. 
are you putting all your weight into a music video or into releasing that single or into this tour that's coming up? I would say it should be a diversification of all those things together, not just one thing all the weight. And now it trails off into music, and then here's Josh with the outro. Great. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to another episode. If you found this episode helpful or inspiring, share it with a friend or your band. Do the likes, reviews, and all the other things I'm supposed to tell you to do. If you want more music marketing insight and resources, you can join our newsletter at jecp.co. Gearing up for your next music video and need a video partner or want to learn more about our approach to making music videos connect, please book a discovery call or email josh at jecp.co. For years, we've watched artists feel overwhelmed by marketing and building a path towards success. We've been honored to help many artists make great music videos and get better at marketing. The old ways are being challenged, and the best artists are using platforms, trends, and building partnerships to become more sustainable. We are so honored to have made a mark and left an impact on this industry. This has been the JCP Music Video Makers Podcast, The Evolved Artist. We'll see you next time.